Welcome to the HSD podcast series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Lamb, RN, MBA, and Mock Surveyor for Life Care Services. And we are continuing our journey and our discussion of the new FTAG numbering system and the regulations contained in each of the potential substandard quality of care FTAGs. Our goal is for you to understand each one of these FTAGs now that they're being used as part of the survey process. So today we're talking about FTAG 692, Nutrition, Hydration, State Status, Maintenance. Um, let me get that right. Nutrition and Hydration Status Maintenance. Is that right, Jennifer? Absolutely right. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> so, so welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. And um, as usual, I enjoy getting with you and helping our listeners to uh, understand these new F-tags and how to avoid um, getting some deficiencies. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, why don't you quickly tell our listeners what they can expect from this series in case they haven't joined us before? Absolutely. Okay. So as we have been doing in the past and continue to do, we cover one F-tag per podcast to explain the 49 tags identified as substandard quality of care. And substandard quality of care is defined by CMS as having more than one deficiency related to participation requirements under resident behavior and facility practices, quality of life, and quality of care that constitute either immediate jeopardy to resident health and safety, a pattern of or widespread actual harm that is not immediate jeopardy, or a widespread potential for more than minimal harm, but less than immediate jeopardy with no actual harm. We are using the SOM or the State Operations Manual, Appendix PP, uh, the guidance to surveyors for long-term care facilities. Now, this is their big playbook. And so we think that it's absolutely um, in your best interest and the best tool that you can have to download and know what the surveyors know and to prepare yourself for your state survey. So as as always, we encourage you to download this and uh, follow along so that you get the most complete information. Wonderful. Well, let's jump right in with a definition of F692 and a comparison of what the old tags were. Okay. Um, first of all, when you look at the SOM compared to the older version, you can see that F692 is now a combination of previous tags, F325 and F327. F325 dealt with nutrition and F327 covered hydration. So now we have F692 that combines them and states the following. Based on a resident's comprehensive assessment, the facility must ensure that a resident maintains acceptable parameters of nutritional status, such as usual body weight or desirable body weight range and electrolyte balance, unless the resident's clinical condition demonstrates that this is not possible or resident preferences indicate otherwise. Um, that they are offered sufficient fluid intake to maintain proper hydration and health, and that they are offered a therapeutic diet when there is a nutritional problem and the healthcare provider orders a therapeutic diet. This includes residents who have nasogastric and gastrostomy tubes, both percutaneous endoscopic gastrostomy or uh, percutaneous endoscopic uh, jejune. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to say that J tube. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to shorten that, Laura, and I'm just going to say J2 because I don't think I can say that word, and intral fluid. <laughs> All right. We'll say J-tubes. There you go. So so basically. Yes. Jejunoscopy. 
There you go. There you go. <laughs> you want to say that again? Uh, Jejunostomy. Thank you. There Thank we you. go. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. So, so unlike Jennifer, some of the other F tags where they've really taken them apart, they really combine this to cover all the nutrition and hydration needs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> so we we also, going through this, we always like to cover the intent of each tag, and this is no different. So for our listeners, let's cover the intent of FTEC 692. Okay. Um, F692 is intended to ensure that the residents maintain, to the extent possible, acceptable parameters of nutrition and hydration status, and that the facility provides nutritional and hydration care and services to each uh, resident, consistent with the resident's comprehensive assessment, that they recognize, evaluate, and address the needs of every resident, including but not limited to the resident at risk or already experiencing impair impaired nutrition and hydration, and that they provide a therapeutic diet that takes into account the resident's clinical condition and preferences when there is a nutritional indication. I think uh, for clarification's sake, we need to identify or define, quote unquote, acceptable parameters of nutritional status. Okay. Um, acceptable parameters of nutrition status or nutritional status refers to factors that reflect that an individual's nutritional status is adequate relative to his or her overall condition and prognosis, such as their weight, fluid and food intake, and pertinent laboratory values. Each individual's needs will be different based on those conditions. And it should be noted that there are a lot of factors that can result in a resident's change of nutritional or hydration status, and not all those factors are preventable. You're right, Laura. Um, the surveyors will understand that there are times when it's just not preventable, but they have to be vigilant about identifying those risks and looking at documentation. Well, and don't we say that all the time? Document, document, document. So it's not identifying risks and following up that gets you in the danger zone. Um, it's that not identifying them and documenting those risks and following up that really will get you in trouble during a, uh, a survey and put you in that danger zone of citations, if you say, if you Absolutely. will. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, some of the conditions that can arise from not adequately hydrating our residents, you know, they include things like UTIs, pneumonia, pressure injuries, skin infections, confusion, and disorientation. And when the surveyors identify those things and they're reading through a medical chart or it comes up, um, you know, they, they uh, get tagged or uh, flagged for that, um, then that's when they start digging and they start looking, hey, are they taking care of their nutrition and hydration needs? Well, and, and we know, we know from experience that if we don't identify the risks and really uh, address those risks, it can lead us down a road of many other, you know, additional health concerns um, that, that seem to uh, pile on. So what kind of approaches should our staff take to ensure that we're really on top of these risks? Well, I believe a systematic approach can help uh, staff's efforts to optimize a resident's nutritional status. This process includes identifying and assessing each resident's nutritional status and risk factors, evaluating and analyzing the assessment information, developing and consistently implementing pertinent approaches, and monitoring the effectiveness of interventions and revising them as necessary. 
Weight loss, poor nutritional status, or dehydration should be considered avoidable unless the facility can prove it has assessed and reassessed the resident's needs, um, that they have consistently implemented related care planned interventions, monitored for effectiveness, and ensured coordination of care among the interdisciplinary team. A thorough assessment should include a look at the general overall appearance of the resident. Are they thin or robust? Do they have dental concerns? What is the condition of their skin and their hair and their nails? Um, we need to check their height and their weight, and are they appropriate in correlation with one another? And we know one of the biggest concerns has to do with residents that have a significant weight loss. So what determines whether or not a resident has that quote unquote significant weight loss? Well, there is a formula that is used to determine significant weight loss. And significant weight loss is when there has been a certain percentage of weight lost in a specific amount of time that is unplanned. Um, the time intervals looked at are one month, three months, and six months. So in the one-month time frame, a 5% loss is considered a significant weight loss, while a loss that is greater than 5% is considered severe weight loss. In a three-month time frame, a 7.5% weight loss is considered a significant loss, while a loss that's greater than 7.5 is considered severe. And then finally, in the six-month time frame, a 10% weight loss is considered significant, and then anything over that, uh, over 10% is severe. So the formula to calculate the weight loss is the percentage of body weight loss is equal to the usual weight minus the actual weight divided by the usual weight times 100. And you can find that formula in the sum. Okay, that's really good information for anyone who needs to determine the weight loss of a resident. And uh, so, so our listeners should kind of file that away in case they need it later. So what are some of the reasons um, or factors in a resident experiencing a significant weight loss? Well, there are several reasons, and a few of those include the inability to consume meals provided as a result of cognitive or functional decline, um, difficulty with chewing or swallowing food, an inadequate amount of food or fluid, including insufficient tube feedings, an uncomfortable or disruptive dining environment, uh, the lack of adequate assistance or supervision, um, adverse consequences related to the medications, and then diseases and conditions such as cancer, uh, diabetes, um, advanced or uncontrolled heart or lung disease, infection and fever, liver disease, kidney disease, um, all kinds of things, mood disorders, GI disorders, pressure injuries. There's all kinds of different um, diseases and conditions that can contribute. And then also the use of diuretics may cause weight loss that has nothing at all to do with nutrition. Well, that's important because as with anything, if there is a reason that contributes to the resident having a fluid or nutritional status change, it needs to be documented. Yes, and most especially in the care plan. Um, the care plan should address any concerns of the resident's hydration or nutrition status, and it should also include a target weight range, desired fluid intake, uh, management of any diseases or conditions that contribute to the weight loss or gain, and any preventions for weight loss or gain as applicable. Interventions for uh, weight losses or weight gains should be individual and specific to the resident. 
Well, and the psalm addresses many areas that are related to nutrition and hydration, such as diet liberalization, um, the environmental factors, the disease process, the functional factors, feeding tubes, medications. Those are just to name a few. Um, so it's really beneficial, as with some of the other F tags, to refer to the psalm when looking at those areas. So what, what would the surveyors be looking for um, if they're going to site FTAG 692, Jennifer? Well, Laura, they will make observations and see that staff is offering fluids as appropriate. Um, they will check medical records and see if the dietary concerns are being addressed in the care plan. They will check weights to see if anyone has had a significant weight loss. Um, they will follow the nutrition and hydration critical element pathway as well. And it's a good idea to download that pathway and see if you're meeting the needs of your residents as it pertains to CMS standards. Well, what are the key elements of non-compliance with FTAG 692? Well, Laura, those would include the facility failure to do any of the following. Um, accurately and consistently assess a resident's nutritional status on admission and as needed thereafter. Um, failure to identify a resident at nutritional risk and address those risk factors for impaired nutritional status to the extent possible. Uh, failure to identify, implement, monitor, and modify interventions as appropriate, um, consistent with the resident's assessed needs, choices, preferences, goals, and current um, professional standards of practice, and to maintain acceptable parameters of nutritional status. Um, also, if they fail to notify the physician as appropriate in evaluating and managing um, causes of the resident's nutritional risk and impaired nutritional status. Failure to identify and apply relevant approaches to maintain acceptable parameters of resident's nutritional status, including fluids. Um, failure to provide a therapeutic diet when it was ordered. Um, and also failure to offer sufficient fluid intake to maintain proper hydration and, and health. Um, you know, if you want more um, examples of citations um, at uh, F692 and those severity levels, please see the state operations manual. It is chock full of information that, that will really help you with this. And I'm just curious, Jennifer, is there a corresponding um, critical element pathway for this tag or just the state operations manual? Just the state operations manual. I did not see one. Um, okay. And that doesn't mean that there won't be one soon, but I did not see one. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, that's You're all welcome. the time we have today, Jennifer. So thank you for joining us. And I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us as we continue our discussion through the uh, 49 potential substandard quality of care F tags. So Jennifer, I look forward to our next discussion. Yes, I look forward to it too, Lauren. Thank you for having me. And the next time that we talk, we'll talk about F693, um, tube feeding management and restoring eating skills. Excellent. That's all the time we have today, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Legal disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.